Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. My Brother Where is your brother? Where is your brother? And you, Belinsky, you were supposed to look after both my sons. What have you done with Stanislaus? Uh, my lord, it, it was no one's fault. Where is Stanislaus? Well, we think... Perhaps he is in Rome. In Rome? You think? Yes. You think perhaps Stanislaus is in Rome? Yes, my lord. And what would he be doing in Rome? Father... Please, don't be angry. What would the son of a Polish senator be doing in Rome? Well, it is possible, Father, that that Stanislaus is in Rome to gain admittance into the Jesuits. No, I can't believe it. Belinsky, is it true? It's possible, my lord. Three years ago, I sent you, Paul, and your brother to school in Vienna. And you, Belinsky, I sent to accompany them, be their guardian. Definitely a mistake. Uh, but, Prince, I, I did my best. Tell me everything that happened from the time you reached Vienna. Well, my lord, we The first... school was a good one, was it not? Oh, founded by the Emperor Ferdinand himself, my lord. Stanislaus did well, did he not? Uh, we had nothing but good reports of him from his teachers, my lord. Well, Father, he had to work hard. Everything was in Latin, you know. But he did work hard. Oh, he worked all the time, Father. Um, except when he was praying. Yes, that was the trouble. What was the trouble? Well, Father, he wasn't like the rest of us. In what way? Not like? Well, you know, studying and praying and praying and studying. The other boys liked him, didn't they? Oh, they they liked Uh, him. They thought he was trying to be a saint. The boys told him one day they'd build a church here in Rostkov in honor of St. Stanislaus Koska. And what did Stanislaus say to that? Well, he he... laughed. But he did well in his studies, did he not? 
After a while, he did. The teachers said he did well in composition, except that he always wrote about religious things, never about anything else. There were other things to write about than religious things? Yes. The other boys must have thought him a fool. Well, yes, Father, they did. But uh, it, it didn't bother him. And then they got used to it, and after all, he didn't bother them either. I don't understand. I simply do not understand. He did well in school. The boys liked him. So why should he be at this moment in Rome trying to become a Jesuit? Uh, my lord, I think the trouble started when the old emperor died and Maximilian succeeded him and took away the house his father had loaned to the Jesuits, the house all the boys at the school lived in. Because, father, that meant that Stanislaus and I had to find a place to live in Vienna. Well, I, I found a place. Yes, a very nice place. In a very fashionable quarter. Uh, just the sort of place you'd have wanted us to have. All right, all right. What was wrong with it? Well, uh, nothing really, except... Except what? Except that it belonged to a bigot. And Stanislaus didn't like that at all. It seemed to affect Stanislaus more than would seem reasonable. But this this man... Kimberker, the owner. He hates all religions, Paul. How can we live in his house? But it's exactly the sort of place we should have, Stanislaus. Why is it? Well, it's beautiful, and it has a marble staircase leading to a ballroom. We'll have parties. But to live in the house of a bigot? Oh, it might not be so bad. It might even be fun. What would Father say? Stanislaus, he would want us to live there. You don't know that. Look, we are on our own now, you and I. We don't even have to ask him. And I'm older than you, so I make the decisions. Belinsky thinks the same way I do, don't you, Belinsky? Oh, it's a very fine house. Well, I can still go to classes at the college. Listen, Stanislaus, your bedroom even looks out on the Jesuit church. Now, does that make you feel better? Yes, it does. I'll feel quite near to God. <laughs> So, Father, we moved into Kimberker's house. It was quite a change after boarding at the school. Uh, naturally, there were parties. And I had to buy clothes. The Vienna theaters, you know. It was the kind of life, Father, you would have wanted us to lead. Did you ever go to school? Oh, yes. Uh, sometimes. And Stanislaus, what did he do? Join you in these affairs? Stanislaus, um... Well... Stanislaus simply didn't know how to join in. And he wouldn't buy any new clothes. And he wouldn't go anywhere. Except to the church and to the college. Father, he simply wouldn't make the effort. I got where I called him the Jesuit. Because, honestly, that's what he seemed to be. Uh, that's true, sir. He, uh, well, I used to say to him, Stanislaus, try at least. Do what your brother wants you to do. It'll be good for you. But... He'd just look at me. Father, it was religion all the time. It became irritating. Even Kimberker noticed it. And he didn't like it much either. There was no reason to go out of our way to offend the man. I told Stanislaus. I told him. Why do you have to go to communion every day? Tell me that. Because... Don't you see, Stanislaus? You're shoving your religion right in Kimberker's face. No wonder he makes nasty remarks about Christians. 
You're always trotting across the street to say prayers. Because I need to, Paul. The rest of us don't need to. Why do you? Perhaps I'm more wicked than you. Oh, you know you don't believe that. All I know is I need the church, I need communion, I need daily prayer. I must have it. But it's indecent. Why can't you be like the rest of us? Is that so hard, to be like everybody else? But, Paul, I'm living for eternity, not for this world. You what? You understand that, don't you? No. I don't understand it. And I don't understand you. Father, you can see how hard it was for me, can't you? Maybe I can. Maybe I can. Uh, but we did manage to get Stanislaus to do a few things, uh, like the dancing. Oh, yes. Yes, uh, the dancing. He learned how to dance, uh, to please me. But he never would go anywhere, so that was a waste of time. And we did persuade him to hire a servant. Well, it wasn't proper, you know, Father, for a member of the nobility to walk around Vienna without a servant, Part Sue. Well, Stanislaus did give in on that. He let the servant follow him around, except, of course, when he went to church. He insisted on being alone in the church. He was constantly in the church. Uh, the time he was ill, I remember... He, he was ill? When was this? Nearly a year ago, sire. Just before Christmas week. He thought at first he was going to die. Belinsky... Go to the church and ask the friar to bring the communion to me before I die. Stanislaus, you are not dying, and Kimberger won't let a priest into this house anyway. You know that. But he would never deny the communion to a dying man, would he? Well, all I know is he won't let a priest into this house. Paul, you ask him. Stanislaus, what's the good of my asking... What good would it do? All right, Paul. All right, it's all right. I'll pray to God. He won't let me die alone. I stayed by his bed all night, all night long. And just as the day was breaking, he opened his eyes. I sprang to his bedside. He was on his knees on the bed. I was afraid he was going to fall. I tried to hold him up, but he motioned me back. Kneel down, he said. Kneel down. Kneel down. Don't you see that our Lord is here? Look. Look, there he is. Lord, I am not worthy. Lord, I am not worthy. Lord, I am not worthy. But I saw nothing. The next day he was worse, but quite peaceful. He had resigned himself to die, I believe. At Christmas time, we were sure he would not live. But one morning, I entered his room. Belinsky. Is it you? Stanislaus. Belinsky, 
Last night, our Lord came to me again. Stanislaus, don't talk. You're very weak. Our Lord came over to my bed and told me that I would be well now, that it was his will. And are you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I'm quite well. Quite well, Belinsky. Is it? Is it? It's hard to believe. Give me my clothes. We'll go to Mass together and give thanks to God. Well, we should wait for the doctors. Oh, there's no need, Belinsky. I'm quite well. Our Lord told me that I would be well, and I am. Well, I have to say, you you do oh, look well. Oh, yes. Quite well. Quite well, Belinsky. And do you know what else our Lord said to me? No. He said that once I was well, I should enter the Society of Jesus as soon as possible. From that day on, Father, I had the feeling that Stanislaus intended to become a Jesuit. Did he tell you so? No, but I I felt it. I think he'd wanted it for a long time, and of course I knew you wouldn't approve. You were quite right about that. But none of the fathers in Vienna would help him. They they knew you wouldn't like the idea. And then, Belinsky, uh, Father Antonio came to Austria. Right, that's true. Uh, Rome sent him there from Sardinia. And I'm afraid he incurred Stanislaus, Father. He talked to him about Peter Canisius in Augsburg and about the Father General of the Jesuits, Francis Borgia in Rome. But Rome is a thousand miles away, a thousand miles. Nevertheless, uh, that's where we think he went. Looking back, I think I can see now what he had in mind. I saw him one day in a dirty robe, the sort pilgrims wear. And one of those big pilgrim hats. And I said, What on earth have you got on, Stanislaus? I bought it at a little shop. What for? It's filthy. I think I may need it. You're thinking of making a pilgrimage? Uh, to the Holy Land, perhaps? I don't know where to, precisely. But I've kept God waiting a long time. Well, what makes you think God wants you at all? I think perhaps he does. Stanislaus, you're trying to turn yourself into one of those sanctimonious Jesuits, aren't you? Well, I'm not sure the Jesuits would want me. No, I don't think they would. You don't have much in the way of brains or, or stamina. They wouldn't want you. Paul, why do you talk to me like that? Well, somebody has to talk to you. I'll have to leave you, you know. Go far away from you if you keep on talking to me like that. All right, go. Get out. Out of my sight. Go away. I never want to see you again. Father, I couldn't help it. I, I know I was wrong. I love Stanislaus. But I couldn't stand his holy ways. They drove me mad. Anyway, one morning... It was the morning of August the 17th. And one of the servants came to us and said Stanislaus would not be home for dinner, that he'd left the house in his pilgrim clothes. He'd said he was going to Mass and then to see Father Antonio. We haven't seen him since. Haven't you tried? Haven't you made the least effort to find your brother? Well, we understand Father Antonio gave him a letter to Peter Canisius in Augsburg. So you went to Augsburg. You followed him. 
Belinsky and Kimberker and I left Vienna. We had fast horses. We thought we'd catch up with him right away. Uh, we were positive we'd catch up with him. Oh, certainly before he got 50 miles away from Vienna. And did you? Uh, we did all we could. For. Uh, the strangest thing happened, my lord. The horses started off at a gallop. They were good horses, young and fresh. But suddenly they stopped. Nothing would make them go any further. And Kimberger turned back. He gave up. None of you could find him. None of you could find a boy traveling alone toward Augsburg. Your lordship, we are convinced now that God did not want us to find him. So you gave up? Yes, sir. And went back to Vienna. What else could we do? And you've no idea where he is now. No real idea. Well, Father, we think that Peter Canisius sent him to Rome. We know that in September... Two young Jesuits were sent by Peter Canisius to Rome to complete their studies. And we've heard there was a very young man who accompanied them. We think it may have been Stanislaus. Then you'll go to Rome, Paul, and find your brother. Bolinsky, you'll go with Paul. Yes, my prince. Yes, father. This is the holy city. It's very impressive. Mm, anything would be impressive after Poland. Still, you must admit, Rome is quite different from any place else. Well, where do you think we should start looking? I have no idea, but I suppose the first logical step is to find the Jesuit college. Mm, the Society of Jesus must be all over Rome, don't you think? I suppose so. Uh, someone said, try the Jesuit house at St. Andrea. Should we go there? We might as well. Let's be on our way. Can I help you in any way? I'm Father de Sau. Uh, we've come a long way, Father. Uh, from Rostkov in Poland. Let me make you welcome to St. Andrea. Uh, my name is Belinsky. I am tutor and companion to this young man. His father is a prince of Poland. Oh? And we are looking for my brother, at my father's request. Are you looking for Stanislaus, by any chance? Yes. Yes, that's his name. Is he here? Stanislaus is dead. My brother's dead? Stanislaus has been dead for a month. God, what will my father say? Perhaps it will help him in his grief to know that Stanislaus is called the Polish saint here in Rome. What? The Polish saint? Why did they call him a saint? Tell me, how well did you know your brother? Oh, I, I knew him well. Very well. We grew up together. We went to school together in Vienna. We were together in Vienna... Oh, we were together all the time. How well did you know your brother? I just told you. You told me you spent a great deal of time with him. I asked you, how well did you know him? Oh, not well. Not well, it seems. Not well at all. Father Dessar, uh, tell us about Stanislaus. When did he come to Rome? Less than a year ago. 
Peter Canisius sent him to us from Augsburg. Oh, yes. Uh, we heard about that. And we put him to work as a servant to the other students. My brother a servant? Father, do you realize we are of noble stock in Poland? Oh, he didn't seem to mind. On his 17th birthday, Stanislaus was admitted into the Society of Jesus as a novice by Francis Borgia himself, general of the Jesuit order. We all loved Stanislaus. He was so, so happy, so peaceful. Just to look at his face made us joyful. And I think our joy was more intense because we felt that he would not be with us long. Well, how long, Father? Ten months only. Oh, he knew, Stanislaus knew that he could not be with us. Ten days before the Feast of the Assumption, some heavenly messenger must have given him a sign. Because as he and I were leaving to go to the church of Santa Maria Maggiore, he, he said to me, Oh, Father, how beautiful it is. Father, this, how beautiful, how, how peaceful, how filled with goodness this day is. Well, now, if you think this day beautiful, joyful, and full of goodness, what will you say of the one that is coming week after next? The Feast of the Assumption, Father? What can I say about it? I shall be in heaven on that day. Oh, well, now we shall see about that. You look extraordinarily well to me. I think you could live a long, long time. But then on August 10th, Stanislaus wrote a letter. A letter? A letter to whom, Father? Well, now, let, let me tell you. I was to serve Holy Communion on that day. And Stanislaus came to me and he said, Father de Sa, I've just finished a letter to our Lord. I want it to lie beside me while I receive communion today. And what did you say to our Lord, Stanislaus? I begged a favor of him, Father. And what was that? That I might celebrate his feast in heaven. But Stanislaus, you look so well, you look... Perfectly well. Not for long, Father. Not for long. It seemed incredible that he should fall ill before nightfall, and yet, yet he did. And even so, he did not seem to be so very ill. But when I went to see him that evening, he smiled at me, and, and he said... Father de Sa, now I am to die. Stanislaus, it would be a miracle to die of so slight an illness as yours. Unless, of course, our Lord really wishes to take you to heaven. He does, Father. He does. And he smiled at me as he said those words. And quite suddenly his illness changed. And all at once we could see... It was quite true. Stanislaus would die. We brought him the blessed sacrament. Thank you, Father. Father, let me die on the floor. Oh, no, no, my please, boy. Please, please, Father, I want to die on the floor. No, it is not right. You are so Father, weak. you know I am going to God in the morning. 
Let me pray until then. Look, look now, there's a straw mattress here on the floor. Will you be satisfied with that? Yes, Father. So I lifted him onto the straw mattress, and he prayed all night, and I prayed beside him. And when dawn broke suddenly, he stopped praying, and I stopped too and turned to look at him. And there was such a look of joy and, and wonder on his face, I could not stop gazing at him. And he said, See? See? What, Stanislaus? What do you see? I think... I think it's a rainbow. And in the middle of the rainbow, a light, brighter than the rainbow, a golden circle of light, and it, it, it's coming nearer and, and nearer, and it, it glows like the sun itself. Now it's, it's two suns, Father. And I see, I see a face looking at me. The eyes look down at me. It's our Lord. Now, now the light is fading. The rainbow fades. The color fades and dies and the light is going out. And that is how your brother died. Father Desai, where is my brother buried? At the side of the high altar. I think I should like to go there. Now, to pray. I'll take you there. If you like. Thank you. Oh, Father. He was my brother. My little brother. So patient. So good. So lovable. I was not always kind to him, Father. I couldn't understand him. But always, Father, he was so very much my own, own brother. to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, 
and bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.